Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 28 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, the PR manager of Flix Brewhouse, a movie theater and brew house that's bringing hundreds of jobs next year to Oklahoma City, and your market report. The market report goes into the week of Thanksgiving. What an interesting time to buy a home. If you are looking to buy a home during the holidays, you can look at getting a good discount. New active homes coming on the market, 82 this week, down from the week before when 141 homes came on the market. Homes sold this week, just 63, down from the week before when 111 homes were sold. That median list price was $129,000, with a median final sold price of $119,900. That's a 7% discount expected during the sale of a property during the Thanksgiving week in Oklahoma City. The median list price per square foot was $91.70, and the sold price per square foot was $89.45. Your market outlook for rental properties in Oklahoma City, one bedrooms coming in at $625 per month, your two bedroom coming in at $800 per month, and the three bedroom coming in at $1,050 per month. The national rent average for the United States is still holding steady at $1,440 with a monthly change of zero and an annual change compared to last year of an increase of 0.5%. And here's your news. Hello, I'm Aaron Christian in Oklahoma City for the OKC Real Estate Show with this week's news. Mortgage rates fell across the board during the week ending November 21st. According to Freddie Mac, mortgage rates for the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 4.8%, down from its previous average of 4.9%. The mortgage averaged 3.9% in the same period in 2017. The average rate for the five-year adjustable rate mortgage fell to 4.09%, from 4.14%. The mortgage averaged 3.22% in the same week last year. Freddie Mac, chief economist, Sam Cotter believes the downward spiral in oil prices in a volatile equities market caused mortgage rates to decline 13 basis points to 4.8%, the largest weekly drop since January 2015. Mortgage rates are the lowest since early October, and the dip offers a window of opportunity for would-be buyers that have been on the fence waiting for a drop in mortgage rates. Builder confidence tumbles to lowest level since 2016. Declining affordability from rising home prices and interest rates has sidelined many home buyers. It's also putting a damper on building confidence in the market for new single-family construction, which dropped eight points to a level of 60 in November on the housing market index. It's not all doom and gloom news. A reading of 60 is still considered stable, and builders say they are seeing solid consumer demand for new homes. For builders, labor shortage 
shortages and rising material and regulatory costs have aggravated the timelines for building new homes. As affordability continues to decrease sales, builders are being more cautious. Drone manufacturer Kratos has chosen Oklahoma City for a new facility. Another 350 jobs will be added to Oklahoma City's economy within the next five years due to the new facility. Kratos is the recognized industry leader in high-performance, low-cost jet aerial target systems that support the U.S. military and foreign allies. The new Oklahoma City facility will be home to much of the company's design and manufacturing of a new version of offensive jet drones intended to be used in combat alongside manned aircraft. Kratos executives chose Oklahoma City for the proximity to Tinker Air Force Base, also the high quality of life, highly skilled workforce, relatively low cost of living, business-friendly environment, and tax incentives. Governor Mary Fallon states that although Kratos is a strong benefit to the Oklahoma economy on its own, it will also help state and economic leaders attract additional businesses to the state. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. With Oklahoma City changing each and every day comes a new opportunity This one on the horizon for 2019, a new entertainment venue combining food, drink, and movies together for the family. In fact, it's a concept that only exists at this company. This company is known as Flick's Brewhouse, the only company in the world to actually brew fresh beer in a movie theater. You can check that out in 2019 for the whole family, all ages. Of course, you've got to be 21 and up to drink, but everyone's invited to this interactive experience as you're enjoying some of Hollywood's top movies. I'm here with Greg, who's the marketing director for Flick's Brewhouse. He's joining us via Google Voice. Greg, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, we are doing fantastic. Uh, you know, I during the research of y'all's complex, you guys have been around uh, for a little while now. Can you tell me uh, a little bit about how you guys got started and, and what that was about? Yeah, so Flix Brew House launched our first location in the summer of 2011, just outside of Austin, Texas, in a suburb city called Round Rock. And uh, our CEO, uh, Alan Reagan, he was a hotelier, a hospitality guy, uh, had some some other restaurant concepts, and he owns the shopping center the original Flix is in. He was building a, a dine-in movie theater because there's a lot of trends in, in, in the industry showing that dine-in movie theaters are kind of the new it thing when it comes to cinema. I mean, it's a really fastly growing segment, and he was trying to build one just to, uh, he, with a competing dine-in cinema chain, to build a co-tenancy in his shopping center. Well, the deal didn't work out, and he looked at everything, and he goes, you know, I know the restaurant industry. I know hospitality. I'm going to try to build my own thing. Uh, it was so well received. Then uh, we took the show on the road and uh, started. We opened our next location in 2014, and we've been opening at least one location a year ever since. And so here we are with uh, Oklahoma City on the way. Now, your move to Oklahoma City, what prompted that? I mean, I know we're a great growing city, but what were some of the contributing factors of why you guys picked Oklahoma City? Well, being headquartered in Texas, um, you know, Oklahoma City is, is not too far, obviously, from us. Um, and we, we've always had our eye on Oklahoma, um, even so much that it, it's been so appealing to us because Oklahoma City is a great town that has an up-and-coming craft beer um, scene, especially now with the laws changing, um, which we actually were involved with helping lobbying the legislature to get the laws to change so that we could come to Oklahoma City. Um, it's a town with a good vibe. We were able to find a great partner um, in 
and our landlords and the developers that wanted to have a dine-in cinema. That's a huge factor for us. Um, and then finding just a great location where we think that, you know, there's a great opportunity right off the highway. It's easy to get to. It's going to be a great development. And all of those things coming together made the Oklahoma City opportunity really great for us. When you mentioned that you guys lobbied for the recent, what we call the liquor law updating, <laughs> really, because it brings Oklahoma City to the modern age. What do you mean by that? I mean, were you guys literally getting involved in, in politics? We were. We, uh, you know, our uh, senior vice president of real estate and brand development, we, you know, we worked with lobbyists. We took a bunch of trips up there to talk about you know, why we think the law should change. And we help them, you know, craft messages that would um, be resonant with the legislature that try to explain kind of where we're coming from, you know, even though that Flix is a, uh, yeah, we're a brewery, a movie theater brewery. But the thing is, it is a family place. Yeah, we might make our own beer, but, you know, the the times they are changing, as they say. And, uh, you know, it's okay for you know, this weekend, we have the movie The Grinch is coming out. You know, you're going to see a ton of families coming to Flix. And mom or dad might have a, a beer or a glass of wine while the kids are enjoying their chicken tenders and watching the Grinch. So it's not, it's not what it used to be where a darkened theater um, with alcohol in it was this uh, nefarious thing. It's definitely a, a, a much more family-friendly kind of deal. Well, and you think about just the American household, right? If you're sitting in your living room enjoying a movie there, you're going to be drinking in some cases and your kids are going to be in the room. You know, so it, it I don't think that t- I, I, I see where you're going with the taboo. It, is it taboo? Now, I I imagine you guys are going to get some kickback of of the 21 and up crowd saying, man, why are you allowing kids there? And what is your response to that? Just from a noise standpoint. <laughs> sure. Well, the, you know, the average Flix guest uh, is generally super respectful. We have we have a pretty strict no talk, no text policy. And, you know, parents bring in their kids. They understand that, too. And. You know, we're, we kind of live uh, by this, this kind of mantra of, you know, everybody just kind of be cool, right? <laughs> you, you be cool, we'll be cool. And so as long as you're respectful of others, you know, there's an expectation that if you come to a, you know, 1 p.m. in the afternoon uh, PG kids movie that, yeah, it might, you know, it might be a little bit more um, raucous. But uh, as the evening comes around, generally speaking, you know, our age policy is designed to make sure that, you know, we're not a... Uh, babysitting facility, right? So every, every kid that's in our building under 18 is going to be with a responsible adult. And we find that parents are respectful and they keep the kids and, and, you know, they can still come and enjoy time at Flix, but they're not talking. They're not making a lot of noise. We've never found that to be a problem in any of our Flixes over the last 11 years. Now you guys have arguably what could be an award-winning staff. Um, you know, you've got a culture there. You've got people that Love to be there. I mean, I, I I read, you know, the magazine articles that have been written about you guys, and it's just, uh, you know, shouting from the rooftop about how good your employees are and how much they love to be there. Can you talk just a minute about that culture and how that culture coming to Oklahoma City could be important and what you would be looking for in employees, you know, that you hire in Oklahoma in 2019? Sure. So uh, the Flix Flix's stated purpose is that we're we're here to create and share happiness through great people. Uh, and so everything kind of starts there. So if you're not an inherently happy person, um, then you're generally speaking, we don't attract unhappy people. Uh, you know, our, we exist to make sure that people that come into uh, contact with us walk away feeling that they had a great time, 
that it was a surprisingly good experience. And so it kind of permeates everything we do and everything that we say. And so from the moment you walk through into like a hiring center at Flix as we go through that process, you'll feel that and you'll feel out of place if you're not, if you're not a happy person that you're like, Oh, this might not be the right place for me. Hmm. So generally speaking, that's what we, we attract across the board. Looking for that positive, positive outlook. Um, also, so talk to me a little bit about the brewing. So is that, is that like where people, you know, have to have like a certification kind of thing to, to do that? Or, I mean, what is, what does that, uh, entail? I mean, is it just regular employees that get trained in your process or is there a separate crew that just brews and then a separate crew that just does the movie theater? Or how does that, in, how does that integrate it? Well, yes, yeah, so the brewery is generally each location that we have will, uh, the brewery in Oklahoma city will have a, a lead brewer on site who is specifically like they're writing recipes. They are making sure that they're managing the whole process internally. And then we have an assistant brewer. Um, so it's just those two folks are the ones that are actually operating the brewery and they will have a background in brewing, generally speaking, um, that they've worked at another brewery or, you know, I would imagine will probably somebody within the company will transfer from as an assistant brewer from one of our other locations to become their, the lead brewer uh, in Oklahoma city. Um, and then the rest of our team though, we do, uh, you know, we want our servers, our bartenders to become uh, Cicerone certified. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with that phrase, it's kind of like the sommelier of, of beer, uh, Cicerone program. And so we want them to become certified beer servers, like a heavy knowledge about the beer. And we work pretty heavily with between our brewing program and our, our servers and our bartenders to make sure they understand you know, how do we do things differently? How do we make our beer? What is, what's important and unique about the things that we're doing so they can explain it to any guest that asks a question. So you're, uh, you don't have to come in with a high beer IQ, but after you've worked for us for a short period of time through, through our learning and development program, you will leave with a high beer IQ. Outstanding. You know, number one is customer service. That's always in style. If you just tuned in, I'm here with Greg Johnson, marketing director of Flix Brewhouse, who's coming to Oklahoma City in 2019, right there on Britain and Broadway Extension. Um, how many movie theaters are you guys going to have in there? Or how many screens do you guys plan on having? We're going to be a nine screen facility, uh, which gives us enough room to take, and they'll vary in size from about, you know, 40 seats to up to over 200. Uh, but that gives us some flexibility to take some smaller films. We even do some, some like independent stuff. And whenever we can, we try to do uh, in, in the business, I guess they call it alternative content where we try to bring in older films or uh, live events um, and different kinds of things that make it a little bit more interesting than just showing just all big blockbuster first run movies, which of course we will do. Sure. So let's talk just a minute about that. So how does it work in today's world when you talk about Hollywood blockbuster movies? I mean, they can't just give these things to anybody. Was there some sort of certification you guys had to go through in order to be able to show these Hollywood blockbusters? Absolutely. And every week is a negotiation uh, when it comes to working with Hollywood. So uh, every Monday we sit down with our film bookers and go to studios. We know we're we are a, a registered uh, member of uh, NATO, uh, not that NATO. I was going to say, American. wow, we're getting serious here. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, North, the North American Theater Owners uh, Association. And, 
and so we work with you know the the all the major studios and and have contracts in place with them but then you know being a nine screen venue we've got to negotiate you know sometimes we can't take every film and and so every week we're on the phone with them trying to figure out you know what's going to be the best for the flicks guests what do flicks guests want um you know in every single market so in oklahoma city it's going to be you know as we've been there for a short time we'll be able to know okay this is our guests really love this kind of movie. And when one of those come out, we want to make sure that we take that movie and, and pass on things that maybe are less interesting. And, and so it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of database stuff and, and a lot of negotiation, but uh, you know, now that Flix is kind of on the national radar of Hollywood, uh, all the different studios, it's been a, it's been very good. And we get a lot more opportunity to do a lot more uh, shows that we wouldn't necessarily get to do um, when we were just like a single location. That's fantastic. And also the independent artist, I mean, that is, that's really neat to be able to think, you know, you could go on a, on a Tuesday night or something like that and be able to see, uh, I'm assuming maybe a local documentary even like, is that what kind of indie films you're talking about here? Yeah, it runs the whole gamut. You know, sometimes, you know, filmmaker will find us, um, and will present something to us that is very interesting, um, that we think we should show. And other times, you know, we'll find a film. There was this summer, we found a film called the summer of 84, um, that debuted at Sundance that we were very interested in and we ended up showing it and Flix was the number one theater in North America with it because our Flix guests love it. So it's, you know, it just depends, you know, um, it depends on the film. It depends on the, the timing of the schedule when there's opportunities to show them. Obviously you have a little more time to show films in September or October as you would instead of like, you know, right in the middle of the holidays. And so, you know, it depends when films release. There's a lot of different factors, but we hope to show, the whole the whole gamut, you know, from local filmmakers, documentaries, um, shorts, all of that stuff, whenever available. Now, a lot of uh, customers may be thinking, "Man, you know, I've been to a, a a movie theater before that has food, and and you know, it's great that it has food, but the quality suffers on sound and picture." Um, talk to me a little bit about your setup. I mean, or what 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 can they expect with quality? Well, everything um, at Flix is state-of-the-art. We invest really heavily on technology. So you're not trading down the experience from a, from an exhibition standpoint. You're going to have great Dolby surround sound. You're going to have great uh, high-def projection. Uh, it's it's going to be a very nice, well-appointed theater, even without any of the food um, or, or beverage. You did make a comment about you know quality, and I almost thought you were going to ask me about the food because... A lot of people ask the question about, you know, movie theater. We're going to, we're going to get there. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Cause that is on, that is on the list. That was actually a listener question was food quality for sure. Well, we, we put a lot of pride into every area of our business and on the food side of things, our executive chef, uh, his name is Gary Beauregard. He was the first executive chef at the California pizza kitchen brand before when they went from one location to like 30 something locations. Uh, and he brings a wealth of knowledge and expertise to what we do. And so we make scratch made pizzas in house and we literally were cultivating our own yeast and dough and, and just fresh ingredients. And so our pizzas are absolutely incredible, but we also have great burgers and sandwiches, amazing appetizers, things that are all, you know, like I said, scratch made, we just are rolling out a, uh, cream cheese and chicken stuffed bacon wrapped jalapenos, which we think are pretty amazing. You know, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just saying it's, that it's title. not what you'd expect. Yeah. Not what you'd expect from a movie theater. And that's kind of what we set out to do is for people to walk away and go, Oh my gosh, 
I can't believe that that was a movie theater, um, you know, from the quality of the food and the beer and the hospitality. So when we watch in this movie, and I've seen some photos from Round Rock's location where you've got kind of this table set up, you're sitting in a, in a comfortable chair, but it's, you've got a table in front of you, and then there's a little walkway in front of you that I guess the server can then walk along. Is that, is that the setup? Yep. So the servers are actually in a, I hate to call it a trench, but it's about 18 inches lower than the seating platform. So as they're going through the auditorium doing service, we're the only theater that does things this way. Um, we're not sure why nobody else is doing it. So they're, all they have to do is duck down and you never see them. Mm. Um, so, so when you're worried about, was well, it going to be uh, distracting with somebody running through the auditorium, you literally never see them because they're 18 inches down below her and they're ducking down below your table. So um, they'll be able to bring you stuff throughout the movie as you want other things or, or drop food off or, or beer or take away dirty dishes. And you literally never notice them. So is this like a flight attendant call button that I'm punching or what? How, how am I getting the server's attention? Yeah. So every single seat has a call button that's wired. And I said, you know, I told you we invest a lot in technology. So it's wired into a system that every server has a tablet. And when a button is pushed, then the timer starts and they know that they need to go there and get whatever the guest has asked for. So if you're sitting there and you want something during your movie, you have a little notepad at your desk. So you don't have to talk because we don't like talking during the movie and you write down whatever you want. You push that button. And within about two minutes or less, you know, we expect our servers will run through there, grab that thing, turn off your button and they'll go take your order out. They'll go get it ready for you, whatever you ordered. And shortly thereafter, bring it back to your seat and drop it off for you. And then you get billed to your table number or your seat number. Is that how that works? Yep. So at the beginning, before the lights go down, you know, our servers will come through and they'll talk to you about the menu. They'll open a tab for you, swipe a credit card so that they don't have to interrupt the end of the movie. Nice. Because, you know, what's the best part of the movie? The end is literally the best part. So they don't want to interrupt that, right? Mm -hmm. So so then they'll go ahead and they'll close your tab out at the very end. They'll drop your check right at the credits and you sign it and you're ready to rock and roll. Wow. Wow. Well, Greg, we're, we're nearing the end of this interview. You know, we've covered, you know, why Oklahoma city, we've covered what kind of employees you can expect. We've covered, you know, kind of the foods that you cover. Um, now what type of volume, I mean, how many employees are you guys expected to be looking for in Oklahoma city? Uh, when we first open, we will hire, around the 175 to 200 people range. Um, and so that number flexes up and down depending on what time of the year it is. Um, you know, in the holidays, we're obviously, we need all hands on deck or whatever. But, um, you know, generally speaking, we're going to create close to 200 jobs and we'll have anything from, you know, heart of house, cooks, dish, uh, grill, expo. And then, you know, front of house, we're going to need servers, runners, bartenders, box office hosts. And so, People as young as 16 will be able to work for us, you know, doing box office and, and through the whole gamut. And, of course, we're going to have, uh, you know, uh, our brewers, uh, managers, operators. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, robust operation. Mm. Now, I've got to ask this because this was definitely a hot topic. You know, with concern of technology, companies like Netflix, the movie theater future has kind of been in limbo. Now, you guys are setting yourself apart as a unique industry. Where do you see the future of movie theaters uh, going? The, the problem and the challenge has been, continues to be 
consumers want a, a, a high quality experience that they cannot replicate at home. Uh, and that is, that continues to be what we hear across the board. And the question is, for, to remain relevant to the market, is how do you do that? Uh, some of the bigger movie theaters, we call them the popcorn palaces, have struggled to figure out ways to make an experience that can be re- not replicated at home. It's easier now to get great, uh, you know, great technology for like a high-definition television, high-definition audio at your house, right, and a comfortable seat at your home. You can do that pretty easily. Uh, what you can't replicate at home as easily is high level of service, incredibly high quality restaurant food, award-winning craft beer, and having somebody bring all that to you so you don't have to do any of the work. You can't replicate that at home. And so what Flix is trying to do is to create ways uh, to package the whole experience for somebody to make it elevated. And uh, in our, you know, in our history since 2011, uh, it's resonated very well with our guests, which is why Flix has been able to grow so quickly. And last question before we wrap up here. For a couple, let's say a, a, a young lad in his mid-20s that wants to take his girlfriend out to Flix Brewhouse, what does, this fo- what does this guy need to spend when he goes out there to have a good time with his girlfriend? Well, I don't know how his girlfriend is. I couldn't tell you uh, how much he needs to spend. Um, but, uh, but generally speaking, you know, we're, we're right in, in the popularly priced segment. So you know, your movie ticket is going to be somewhere between the $8, $10 range like you'd expect at any other movie theater. Uh, you know, a high quality, you know, pizza um, or, or you want to get appetizer, appetizers range from about 7 to $10. Uh, a burger or pizza is going to run you about 10 to $12. So, you know, you're right in, you would spend the same kind of thing that you would spend going to any other casual dining restaurant in town um, or any other movie theater in town in regards to the movie ticket. So, you know, generally speaking, you're, you know, just, just like any normal night out as far as the, the price point goes. And you're combining, you're then combining the movie theater and the the dinner out all into one, which makes it actually where you can go to one of those events. I know always it's been you're at the restaurant, you're like, hey, you know, our movie's about to start, we gotta we gotta get this food out now, you know, like rushing to try to make that you know seven forty five p.m. you know movie premiere, and and instead you're you're already at the movie theater, you've already got your seats, and you can enjoy your food, you know, not worry about rushing off to a showtime. So I think it's great. Well, Greg, thanks again for coming on the show today. We really appreciate you. We we welcome you with arms wide open for 2019. Uh, do we have any exact dates yet on when we could see a grand opening? We don't. We're still quite a ways off. There's a lot of development work that has to be done still. Um, but as we inch closer to it, you know, we'll be sure to let you know. Summer, fall, I mean, give me something here. <laughs> uh, you know, if if we're, if we're going to, it's... It's definitely not going to be summer. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, so, you know, hopefully we're going to be open in the in fall or winter of, of 2019. Um, but like I said, there's so much work to be done. It's a huge project. It's going to be 30,000 square feet. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts right now. So projecting anything out uh, would be tough. Awesome. Well, Greg, uh, do your best to get me some press passes into that construction site. We love covering stuff as they're being developed in the city. Uh, That would be a great trip for us to be there and kind of watch you guys grow. And again, build the culture already because I'm excited, man. You got to get this thing going. I want to be there. 
<laughs> I'll make sure that everybody who needs to hear that hears that. Cool. We'll pass that along. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Greg. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That concludes episode 28 of the OKC Real Estate Show. Want to hear fresh local market information? Subscribe to our podcast. Do you have an idea for the show? We want to hear from you. Visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. That's OKCRealEstateShow.com. Looking to buy or sell in Oklahoma City? Meet with the award-winning team today at OKCRealEstateShow.com. That's OKCRealEstateShow.com.